for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Global tax system on bridge in digital era. The digitization of the economy has increased substantially, putting a strain on the international tax rules. And governments have had enough of burying tech giants' tax avoidance. A global corporate tax pact hammered out by the OECD promises to bring a fairer global economy. Well, pillar one will be negative. Pillar two is going to generate incremental revenue. Tax haven economies bear the brunt. Will companies start to move back to their home markets? No, we're not concerned uh, about that at all. There was a logic for them being here. The core competitiveness of a country might transform to a legal environment, infrastructure, administrative efficiencies, and human capital. What's the impact for companies and industries? Only on BizTalk, only on CGTN. Hello and welcome to this edition of BizTalk. I'm Lily Liu. Well, the international tax system that are finalized at the OECD will ensure that multinational enterprises will be subject to a minimum 15% tax rate from year 2023. The landmark deal represents more than 90% of global GDP. It will also reallocate more than $125 billion of profits from around 100 of the world's largest and most profitable MNEs to countries worldwide. So will this deal help to ensure that multinational companies pay a fair share of tax wherever they operate, what impact will this bring to those countries and regions that are known as tax havens and how are business world responding to that? Joining me now are Kieran Donahue, Global Head of Strategy, Public Policy and IFS, International Finance Services, that is IDA Ireland, and Elton Huang, China Tax Leader of PwC China. Are you worried that companies that are operating in Ireland would now probably be considering moving back to their home markets? No, we're not concerned uh, about that at all because the companies, the multinationals that are based in Ireland, have a rationale. There was a logic for them being here, independent of any tax changes that are introduced um, globally. So the vast majority of multinationals in Ireland, and it now includes more than 40 Chinese companies, Huawei, Wuji Biologics, TikTok, many of the Chinese banks, etc. Their reason to be in Ireland um, remains in place, notwithstanding the OECD agreement. They are serving a huge European market in excess of 500 million people. They're not going to abandon that because of this um, OECD agreement. And indeed, I think governments around the world will have to resource their revenue authorities to also help implement the agreement in practice. But in summary, I'm not concerned that multinationals are going to relocate back to their home countries or elsewhere as a consequence of the agreement. Uh, Elton, you lead the business unit of your company in China. What do you think the impact will be on Chinese companies and not just the Chinese local companies, but also companies that are operating probably in China's Macau and Hong Kong and also the Hainan free trade port is in the building. Companies are supposed to be enjoying a very low corporate tax rate there. What do you think the impact will be on those businesses? I think for most of the Chinese so-called multinationals, including tech giants, this might not be a simple answer mm -hmm. because they have been experiencing a long history of doing restructuring or doing the tax planning by uh, applying various jurisdictions, including uh, the Hong Kong, Macau or Singapore. But you look at the, the business itself 
and uh, most of the Chinese business or Chinese multinationals, they first of all they will make sure they will have the uh, tax compliance, which is one of their top priorities, not just for achieving the lowest tax rates. So when they design those tax structures in the very beginning, and they will choose the probably the so-called the lower risk and uh, also the lower maintenance structures uh, for those tax planners. In summary, I think and uh, the tax change will not have significant impact to those Chinese multinationals. For years, governments have grumbled about the current global tax system and said that loopholes have encouraged companies to shuffle their reported profits to low-tax countries such as Ireland, Bulgaria, Hungary. Now, the tax system is on the brink of real-time revolution. That global minimum tax would end the race to the bottom in corporate taxation and ensure fairness for the middle class and working people in the U.S. and around the world. This achievement also shows that multilateral collaboration can be successful. So, Kieran, what would you have to say to the saying that this will be the end of tax havens? Ireland is not a tax haven. Mm -hmm. Ireland has deployed, um, levied taxes on corporates, and, uh, on businesses and in individuals for many, many years. Um, there are several tax rates. So Ireland is not fearful of the OECD agreement. We have been an active participant in it in, for many, many years. And through the recent negotiations between our government, our finance ministry and the OECD, we have actually in a positive way shaped the final outcome and the content of the agreement in a way that supports our country and our economic model. Mm, great sharing, Kieran. Thank you. Now, the same question goes to Elton. Do you think this would be the end of tax havens? One observation is you look at the current tax regime, the outdated rules cannot suffice the digitized economy. So actually, the digitization of the economy has increased substantially in recent years, putting a strain on the international tax rules, So, which was designed more than a century ago. So the jurisdictions have agreed changes for the largest and the most profitable business in profit distributions and allocations of taxing rights to reflect that those business no longer rely so much on a physical presence in the jurisdictions to do business there. So I would say this is not the end to tax havens. You look at the corporate income tax rate. So another observation is the corporate income tax rate is an important source of tax revenues for governments to fund essential public services, especially in developing and emerging market economies. So jurisdictions have sought to prevent a perceived so-called risk to the bottom in corporate income tax revenues by imposing a minimum effective tax rate on income wherever uh, it arises. A two-pillar approach to international tax reform has been hammered out by the OECD to address companies' profit shiftings. Actually, in the pillar one, most of the companies can dodge a bullet, as this rule is only set for those M&E groups, which have both a global turnover above 20 billion euros and a pre-tax profit margin above 10%. Amazon, for example, would not, as its profit margins have never exceeded 10%. Pillar 2 introduces a global minimum corporate tax rate set at 15% and is estimated to generate around $150 billion in additional global tax revenues annually. 
my next question would be, Karen, do you think this is going to hurt the government's revenue? How is the Irish government going to cushion the impact? Yeah, that's a great question. So in response to that, Lily, firstly, the Irish government raises approximately 450 billion RMB, China RMB, in tax revenue each year. And 20% of that, more than 90 billion RMB, comes from taxation from corporates, from business enterprises. So right now, Ireland, uh, the government, is actually capturing a lot of revenue from multinationals and from business enterprises. This new agreement will have two potential effects in Ireland. And right now, so what we're trying to figure out right now is, when you look at the combined effects of Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, mm -hmm. will it be net revenue positive, neutral, or negative? We know Pillar 1 will be negative, but there's every prospect that Pillar 2 is going to generate incremental revenue. And the OECD itself has indicated that Pillar 1 globally will actually result in $125 billion being available for redistribution to market jurisdictions. And that under Pillar 2, that's going to generate an additional $150 billion in incremental tax rates. And those numbers are each year. So it would be unreasonable for us not to assume that Ireland will capture some proportion of that incremental tax revenue generated by the introduction of the Pillar 2 15% rate. Uh, what about the saying that some were saying that Pillar 1 could end up being a pittance because only a handful of companies qualify? What are your thoughts? Uh, probably I've looked at this from uh, the, the, the China perspective. Yes, when we talk uh, about Pillar 1, Pillar 2 in front of the Chinese companies, uh, still few companies are really concerned because very few companies and uh, they meet their, the Pillar 1 uh, threshold. So they uh, probably believe this is a me at least a medium term and uh, impact to them. And so they have plenty of time just to do planning. So at this stage, the biggest impact to them and they need to be well prepared. So we have been doing a lot of training and workshop with those enterprises. Uh, so raise awareness probably uh, is the one of the priorities and uh, for our profession and also for the enterprises facing China. Coming up next, tax incentives in low tax places is like a carrot to attract multinationals. We have had a 12.5% corporate tax rate um, for more than two decades and it has been a key feature of why multinationals have, have located in Ireland. Now, without this carrot, can they still continue to get investment? That uh, will provide um, the, a new kind of framework for those multinationals to redesign their structure of their business on a worldwide basis. Three hundred sixty degree profiles of industry movers and shakers, tech mavericks, and policymakers. We drill down on their success. We ask how they set strategy and how they navigate in an increasingly competitive market. Real talk, real business. Join the conversation. Biz talk. Only on CGTN.
The stakes are especially high for Ireland, considering that Dublin Silicon Docks symbols the commerce produced by its famously low corporate taxes. The Irish Department of Finance estimated that joining the global tax deal could cost Ireland 2 billion to 3 billion euros annually in lost tax revenues. Figures published by the Revenue Commissioners show the Irish government holding 12 billion euro in corporate tax since last year. Over half of the take came from the 10 largest multinationals. To what extent does Ireland benefit from your low corporate tax rate? And also, will, with this new tax rate, do you think Ireland will be losing your competitive edge in attracting foreign investment? Corporate taxation has been an important feature of Ireland's value proposition for foreign direct investment for many, many years. We have had a 12.5% corporate tax rate um, for more than two decades. And it has been a key feature of why multinationals ha have located in Ireland. It certainly hasn't been the only feature. Multinationals locate in Ireland because we provide them with access to the European market. We provide them with a highly educated and skilled workforce and, and other benefits. We don't believe that the introduction of this new rate is going to damage our competitiveness for a number of reasons. Firstly, the smaller multinationals retain access to the older 12.5% rate. And secondly, those multinationals that will be subject to the higher rate have told us in the various meetings that we have that they are happy to participate in the agreement and pay this higher rate, and also that they value Ireland for reasons other than taxation. So they're certainly not contemplating relocating. They remain committed to Ireland. And it's very, very interesting that during the period in which we were participating in the negotiations around the new agreement, we continued to win record levels of foreign direct investment, more than 250 investment projects in 2020 alone. How far-reaching impact is this going to have on the business and investment environment as well as the global taxation system? I think we need to realize that what the OECD agreement has triggered is the beginning of a process, not the end of it. So I think over time, and it will take many, many years for us to observe in practice the real impact of what has recently been agreed. So I think there will be changes over time. I don't believe that the agreement over time will actually diminish or exert downward pressure on global investment. I think the logic of capitalism, the logic of being a large multinational firm is to internationalize and is to seek out mar markets and consumers on a global basis and to run your operation on a global basis. So to the extent that the new agreement provides greater stability, greater coordination, greater standardization, it could actually encourage more internationalization and the establishment of more multinational firms and greater floors of foreign direct investment over time. The race to the bottom on corporate taxes has gone on for too long. Such as Ireland, Bulgaria and Hungary, they lowered their corporate tax rate to 12.5%, 10% and just 9% respectively. This makes them natural tax havens for tech firms. Since 1980, Apple has based its overseas operations in Ireland, with Google in 2003 and Facebook in 2008. Now, the rapid growth of internet giants has pushed international tax rules to the limit. So you wouldn't think that this new tax rule would uh, affect large multinational corporations operation in Ireland, for instance, Apple. And is this one of the key reasons that you dropped your opposition to this new global tax rules? 
the new agreement will impact the multinationals in the sense that they will have to pay a higher effective rate of taxation. But the multinationals are not objecting to that because they see the benefits of the agreement. For many, many years, multinationals have been negatively impacted by the very fragmented, disjointed, and uncoordinated approach to global taxation. One of the great advantages for large companies in this agreement is the increased degree of harmonization, of coordination and standardization associated with a global inclusive approach to taxation. And many countries are going to set a much higher rate than the global minimum prescribed um, in the OECD agreement. Why would they relocate? I think it's very important for your viewers and listeners to recognize that when multinationals, very complex, very large, very sophisticated organizations are taking decisions about where to locate in the world or where to invest, that decision-making process is influenced by many, many factors in addition to tax. And increasingly, what we have observed over the last 10 years in particular is tax declining as a key driver of investment decision-making. Mm -hmm. And Elton, do you agree that this is how technology giants would be responding? I totally agree with Kiran, but that uh, will provide um, the, a new kind of framework for those multinationals to redesign their structure of their business on a worldwide basis, not only for optimizing their uh, kind of effective, effective tax rate or tax burdens, more importantly is to give them a framework to rethink and uh, about their business presence. Okay, Kieran, uh, to attract more investments in the future, what do you think the Irish government should be doing? I think one of the great advantages of the OECD agreement is, is that it has sent us a reminder in Ireland, and I think indeed all jurisdictions that are competing for foreign direct investment, of the importance of the non-tax aspects of the environment that you provide to multinationals. So what the Irish government has already decided to do, and we've recently published a brand new national development plan, is that we're going to invest 165 billion euros in improving the quality of the operating environment, which is already very good, very, very strong. That's why there are 1,600 global firms employing more than a quarter of a million people operating in Ireland. But we're going to devote even more money to education, to science, technology, research and development, and to physical infrastructure to increase the carrying capacity of the country to actually support an even higher level of foreign direct investment and even more multinationals in the future. And I think that's what multinationals are looking for. Coming up next, what are the next steps for the tax pact in countries around the world? We're going to invest 165 billion euros in improving the quality of the operating environment. Can this tax reform really bring a fairer global economy, even for developing countries? Whether the minimum tax rate is fair enough uh, just to uh, make sure the low-income tax country will get a fair share. The foundations of the global corporate tax system were laid a century ago and they have failed to cope with the evolving business models in a digital era. A IRS chief said earlier this year that tax cheats are depriving the US government of $1 trillion. Government's revenue drained by tax havens is much needed now. The pandemic has, however, become a catalyst for change. Governments have been left with detonated financial budgets.
Now let's talk about this. You touched upon uh, how the impact on the governments would be. Now the COVID-19 pandemic, some say, has actually accelerated uh, the process of tax reform, considering that governments are struggling to maybe, you know, having their ends meet when dealing with the massive spending in a fight against COVID-19 pandemic. This new tax rule could be untapping some new sources of funds for governments. Is that right? Uh, back to probably 2015. Uh, the BAPS Action Plan 1 addresses the issue of taxing digitized economy, but was unable to provide solutions. So from then, the BAPS Digital Workforce has been an uh, endeavor to work out the plan all along the way. So the global tax reform is in trend, regardless of the COVID-19 uh, COVID pandemic. So the trend will continue and to address the issues. After this new tax rules uh, was announced, the United States held this as a win for America. What exactly will this do for the U.S. or countries like the U.S. for a strong, you know, supporter of this new tax reform? I don't think this is a win uh, for the U.S. I think this is the win uh, for the most of the developed and also developing countries. And the reason is this creates certainties for taxing right, which is very important. I would say this is a good news or wins for most of the countries and also the enterprises who seek and uh, the certainties in doing business or in attracting business to do business in their territories. Gentlemen, moving forward, the big question will be lining in how to ensure an effective implementation of the major tax reform. What are the urgent requests from enterprises to governments? Kieran, we start with you. I think what enterprises would expect of government now is that the revenue authorities and the people that are working through the technical detail of how the agreement is going to be implemented in practice, particularly in individual jurisdictions, whether that's Ireland or France or Germany or China, that the revenue authorities are sufficiently resourced and equipped with the right expertise, even external expertise, to help them to complete the technical work and to implement the, the agreement in practice. I think, as I think you, Lily, observed at the beginning of the program, I think some developing nations will need support for capacity building measures to help them to participate fully in the agreement and to implement it. And the OECD has already uh, considered uh, that feature. I think enterprises would also like a reasonable implementation period. And I think that's provided for in the agreement as well. We're looking at around 2023. So, you know, at least that will allow enterprises some time to prepare themselves for the practical uh, implementation and the practical impact of the agreement. Same question goes to you, Elton, especially tell us more because you hear from businesses. What are you hearing from businesses and like the requests they have, the questions they have? You look at the tax reform itself, it provides a stable international tax system so that the government will not just rely so much on certain tax incentives to attract investment. I just, as I just said, for a longer term, the core competitiveness of a country might transform to a legal environment, infrastructure, administrative efficiencies and human capital, et cetera, et cetera. So what the multinational are looking forward is for those transformations of the government. The new tax rate promises to make global economy fairer, more transparent and rules-based. But poorer countries worry that a proposal reached by the OECD, a club of mostly rich countries, is too inflexible and unfair. Are these concerns reasonable? Karen, some groups are criticizing that this new tax system could be unfair for low-income economies. What is your take on that? 
I think the agreement is momentous. It's historic. I mean, when you think about it, to have 136 countries, a mix of both very developed and developing countries, to agree to this is a very, very significant achievement. I think it's also important to recognize there was some significant concessions to developing countries in this agreement, but I accept that some developing countries would have preferred if the scope of Pillar 1 included more firms and that the threshold for inclusion was set much lower than the 20 billion. But the OECD has clearly indicated that over time, that threshold may come down and it will actually include a larger number potentially of multinationals over time. We know that digital services are now being um, deployed or being delivered to developing countries. This agreement will now allow them to have more taxing rights in relation to the revenue um, generated by the provision of digital services uh, to those markets. So I don't think that the, the agreement is going to bring about initially um, a fairer distribution um, of tax revenue, but it's putting in place a framework that may allow for all nations to increase their level of tax revenue over time. But I think the key phrase is over time. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the uh, tax reform would be help to narrow the gap between the rich and poor? I think it will help. And is 15%, I I mean, is 15% enough? <laughs> <laughs> whether the minimum tax rate is fair enough uh, just to uh, make sure the low-income tax country will get a fair share. I think, in my view, uh, look at the history of the tax regime and uh, transformations. That rate probably reflects the reasonable shares and uh, in between the uh, rich country and poor countries. But you look at the from the enterprise's perspective, as far as we know, quite a few multinationals has taken the tax reform measures into consideration when they develop the business strategies and making restructuring plans. So they will base on the revenue arising from those territories instead of just physical presence and just to structure their business. So nevertheless, I think the corporate decision making is not just driven by tax only, mm-hmm. right? The potential of the market, the sustainability of the growth, and the regulatory environment and forex facilitations, et cetera, et cetera, are all critical considerations that the multinational management and uh, cannot disregard when they make business decisions. So gentlemen, we have to get down to a lot of technical works in the years to come, you know, before the, um, uh, the new rules come into place. What would be the biggest challenges to you? I think the challenge, first of all, I think the timeline proposed by OECD is quite ambitious with some technical issues still pending. So for minimum tax rules, the deferred tax accounting and treaty solutions remain to be explored and solved. So I think the timeline is its biggest challenge. Thank you very much. That was a great discussion, gentlemen. Thank you so much. That was Mr. Kieran Dunhill joining us from Dublin and Elton Huang joining us from Shenzhen. Thank you so much. And with that, we will be concluding this edition of Biz Talk on CGTN. I'm Lily Lu. We'll see you next time.